Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere, the Misfit Crew at Southfleet HQ is proud to bring you the Dive Living Podcast. Today, we got my buddy Bryce in, uh, Bryce Limlin, and he is the vice president of a charitable organization called the Memorial Three Gun Foundation, and um, they've been in existence for how long, Bryce? Officially a year, just about. Uh, we started, we became a nonprofit uh, earlier this year, but we've been doing this. This this will be our second year going. So it's funny, because typically we get approached by, we get approached by quite a few shooting events promoters um that are like hey sponsor our event and you know it's usually like write us a large check and help us out and i was always waiting for the other foot to drop when bryce was like hey you, if you guys want to sponsor us but i was like ah, it's another shooting event like this is not going to help us anyway I, but i would like to go and attend and then bryce tactfully linked me to a youtube video of the first annual memorial three gun and i was like Oh shit! This is awesome, <laughs> and so like basically, what was so cool about it? Was like three guns stupid. First of all, I'm gonna go on a record. I, Bryce will disagree with me wholeheartedly, but the entire idea that any human being has to be proficient with a shotgun is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bryce is really good. Like all these guys, like three gun dudes, like shooting a shotgun is not hard. It's actually probably easier than shooting a pistol or whatever, but reloading a shotgun is hard. So they make these stages that are like 20 rounds and your shotgun only holds what, like eight? Eight or nine. Yeah, eight or nine rounds. So these guys are like, they have to figure out how to load a shotgun with eight rounds as rapidly as possible through like a bottom feed ramp, which means that these dudes do crazy Old West circus tricks to load them and they carry these like huge vests pre-set up with all their shotgun shells so as someone that like has grown up in the military and done a lot of tactical shooting, when I see dudes with like a vest of shotgun shells, I'm always like, man, fuck that. It's the dumbest thing. Like how much does your, your, your shotgun shell caddy cost? The, the caddy? Or yeah, the just the caddy. Oh, each for eight round thing is like 80 bucks. Yeah. But, and how many do you have? Like four of them. <laughs> so, and that's just like the tip of the iceberg for like carrying shotgun shells for a stage, right? So the guns, like while they're a little expensive to like, they're not crazy, but the accessories are really expensive for three gun. So every time I hear three gun, I'm like, nope, stupid. The trend in competitive shooting is moving away from three gun as a major form of competition and going to like two guns. So a, a carbine and a pistol. What if three gun became more of like an iron chef wild card style thing? <laughs> Where the third gun was like one of six different platforms. You didn't know. Which that happens sometimes, right? Aren't there like, there are outlaw yeah, three like gun. stage guns. Yeah, they're outlaw guns. Yeah, where like maybe give you. one day it's a six shooter. One day it's a shotgun. One <laughs> day of, it's a it's a lever action. Like Call of Duty where you get the like rotating guns where like you kill a guy and you get a new one immediately. And yeah. it's like. I mean, you don't know. You show up and it's kind of, hey, this is what we're doing today. When I you say it like that, that sounds really cool. When we think about but that, makes it even more expensive, right? Now you got to own one of all these ridiculous no, 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 no. guns. It would be it would be a stage gun. It would be like everybody would shoot the no, same. No, I know, but gun. you got to be able to practice on it, right? Yes. In order to be competitive, so Maybe. now you got to own eight different guns. So we actually did that one I of mean, the first competitions we put on. Um, I brought my AK out, and that was just a, it was just a stage gun, and so everybody just you had to shoot the AK. AK. You had to shoot you had to shoot the AK. 
which is rad, which is, which is pretty fun. Fuck yeah. AKs, yeah. <laughs> but yes. Uh, either way, like the equalizer th- three gun is this three guns a weird thing. Like there's people that gravitate towards three gun. It's 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 a pretty popular shooting sport. Yeah, but I think that it also alienates a fairly large portion of people that would shoot competitively. So like USPSA, the United States Pistol Shooting Association, has had a huge upswing in popularity. Uh, over IDPA, which is all fat old men doing fat old men shit. Um, sorry, IDPA. I hope you all rot in hell. What's no? What's the real difference though? Why is that the case? Rules. It's a rule book, man. Like literally, like it's it. it I think it is who gets attracted to that based on the rules. So like USPSA has really kind of strict, clearly defined rules, but it's a hierarchy, right? Like when I go shoot a USPSA match, like I am going to get owned. I am awful. So like Bryce, we t- Bryce and I talked about it at lunch where I'm like, man, I've, I have gotten better at shooting, shooting matches than anything else I've done just because it's highlighted every deficiency I have when it comes to shooting fast. Like I shoot 98% of the points available at matches and I still finish like bottom quarter because I shoot slow or big, you know, like and Bryce first match we ever did. Like, dude looks like a fucking ninja He's sprinting from like target array to target array, like jumping in like a ballerina. And I'm like, wow, like I feel like I'm accomplished if I finish in twice the time that it takes Bryce to do it. That's like my gold standard. Okay, I shot this twice as fast or twice as, it took me twice as long as it took Bryce victory. <laughs> that raw time though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Bryce, how did you get into competitive shooting? So actually, I moved out here about three years ago and uh, I linked up a buddy of mine actually who's actually the president of Memorial Third Gun. Um, Eric Torres, he brought me on. He took me out to my first three gun match. And I just I became addicted, um, and I I've always kind of been a, a competitive competitive guy, um, been a competitive guy, and so and I've always, I've been an avid shooter. So when I when I came out and saw first my first three gun match, I was addicted. So and I just started shooting almost every weekend. So for the past almost two years now, I've been shooting. When you say you were an avid shooter before that, someone that was just really into shooting, or I mean. Were you already going to other types of competitions or? No, not really. Not really. More just you were kind of familiar. Yeah. Pretty familiar with like a bunch of different platforms, et cetera, right? All right. So, I I mean. I think that people think that they're good shooters at that point. Like all of us that grew up around guns, like me grew up in Texas, it's like. Well, it's a totally subjective term, right? I love guns. Like everybody's a good driver. Every dude's a good driver, a good shooter, and they fuck like a goddamn porn star. Every single one of them. And you cannot, there's no quantifiable metric with which you can measure any of those. Yes, there is. Shooting is literally ultra quantifiable. There's a target with rings that have numbers inside. Same with driving and same with popularity on porn. Not me, man. Like, if. If there was a porn version of me or like a porn made about me, it would be like a Chris Farley porn or something. Well, like. I'm just saying with with, tar- with shooting, it's like 100% quantifiable. The Unlike driving where unless you're a, a race car driver and there's a time around a lap. But you're literally saying exactly what I'm saying in that shooting is quantifiable. People do it slowly like old people fuck, right? Like they stand at a line and they'll do – if I'm not good at – standing with a pistol and shooting then i gravitate towards bench rest shooting where i take a rifle that i spent a lot of money on and i lock it in a vice and i use a machine to pull the trigger and i tell people i'm a good shooter because i can shoot a bullseye at 400 meters with like some fucking wasp round you know but like the reality is you're not a good shooter you're very proficient at locking a gun into a vice and then hitting a button well what my point is i was going to say is that 
most people think they're good shooters, even though it's quantifiable because, bad. <laughs> because they don't even know what good looks like. You know, True. they don't they don't know what good looks like at all. Well, I where, think that IDPA is like that in the sense that the the metric that they apply for scoring an IDPA is very loose and arbitrary, which is like raw time stuff, right? Like yep. like and then they apply penalties for misses, which then leaves you with a raw time score. And in USPSA uh, what and three gun similar because three gun does raw time with penalties too, yep, right? It's a, and time penalty, yep. yeah. USPSA does hit factor, so like it's how many quality hits over time. No, yeah, I, yeah, I get that. What I'm saying is, when I was growing up, like my uncle would take me to shoot, and he's and my my you know people would say that my uncle was a good shot, and I remember us shooting at like 150 yards with a 243 deer rifle, and it was like a big deal if someone hit the bullseye, you know, like ooh. You hit the bullseye. <laughs> quantifiable. It's quantifiable. Quantifiable, but it's like, man, dude, he's a good shot because you know what? Of the 17 times I saw him shot, three of them were bullseyes. Crack shot, right? Like, no, man. Like, And now that I know that like, you're a pretty shitty shot unless you're freaking drilling it every time at that range. So, you know, it's uh, people's people's metrics move. But yeah, everybody that unless they've seen what good looks like, they don't. They think they're the baddest ass motherfucker in the world. Well, I think it's funny because I think we've all we all thought we knew what good was too. Being in the military, like being a green beret, I am a I'm a shoot motherfucker. But like now, I go to competitions. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> yeah. If you think you're a good shooter? Go shoot a three gun match. Yeah, <laughs> You'll- yeah. And just and and I think that what's funny about that is to bring us full circle into like the whole soft lead thing is that. Being a good shooter plays into it in a variety of ways, but movement efficiency is what makes those guys the like top shooters are good because they're efficient in how they're like designating target arrays, approaching them, entering and exiting a shooting position. And those are things that like most people don't think about when they shoot. They're like, okay, there's the target. I'm going to shoot that target. Now I'm going to move somewhere else. I'm going to shoot that target. Yeah, I mean, to use the analogy that you made before with driving, it's like picking a line on a, on a yep. racetrack, right? And athleticism plays into that, too. Like, when you see guys that are doing really well, like, even heavy set guys, like like older, fat guys that shoot these things, like, you'd be shocked, man. That dude will lumber around the range, and you're like, man, who's this fat fuck? And then, like, beep, the timer goes off, and, like... That's a spry motherfucker. Well, <laughs> he's moving pretty quick. You said military shooting. You're also comparing apples to oranges a little bit. Whereas, like, the risks that you're training for the ultimate risk when you're training for military shooting, it's like I've heard a dozen stories of guys that were like, man, it was like me and my SEAL buddies. We went to a freaking airsoft range or a paintball range and got our fucking asses destroyed because all the tactics and techniques that we know and the shooting procedures are designed to keep you alive all the time until you accomplish your mission. Well, paintballer ain't worried about that shit. He's fucking charging into the breach and shooting everything. And that's basically what three gun is. It's like you you practiced around or you know what's in front of you most of the time. You're running in. You're shooting things as fast as you possibly can. And it's a game where... I'm not saying that those shooting skills aren't 100% applicable to the military. I'm saying military shooting skills aren't applicable necessarily to That'd that. That'd be kind of a cool addition to a three-gun stage. What if you had some kind of machine where you're sh- like that's shooting simulations at you when you're shooting behind a barrier, right? So it's like and if you get hit, maybe you're You mean you have to round. actually use the barrier the way it's intended? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was, was going to get Bryce to lead into like some of the memorial three-gun stages that are like tactically more tactically oriented, but when you suggest getting shot at with paintballs, we both are like, oh, well, that's not on the list. Whole new dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not yet. 
Well, it would really, it would really uh, ring it out pretty fast for who is actually gaming it versus who is being safe. Well, right? I think part of this argument, right, is like when you know who, when you say like who's the best shooter. It, I mean, in what way, right? I mean, you know who's who's just the fast. Like, how are you defining best? Well, I think that's why Even, USPSA has value because they're the hits over time, like three gun shooters shoot very differently than USPSA shooters because yeah, accuracy but isn't my, as important. My point is is that in all this stuff, what you're talking about is I have a game and how am I going to optimize for this game, right? And so whatever the game is, that's what you're going to be trying to – you're trying to literally game the game. Well, that's right? why uh, as, as SF guys, what we really – like the game in war is how many – Local nationals, can I utilize to enter the building before I do? <laughs> like, all right, I'm gonna need you to open that door. All or, right. <laughs> or in recent years, how many heavy weapons can I take along with me? Yeah, well, or just level the building first. <laughs> Seems like it's a real threat. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, like, to talk shit about the bench rest guys or, uh, you know, to the extreme that that gunsmith that lives uh, over by my house that has that water cooled. Oh. How heavy you know, is that thing? I don't know, but uh, you know, it's a it's a 308 that shoots a quarter inch group at a thousand yards, right? But it weighs um, like you know forty pounds. Yeah, dude, it's a water cooled barrel. It doesn't even look like a gun, right? It's like a this mechanical setup, and people, are like, oh, that's ridiculous. Well, yeah, it's not. I mean, he didn't build it ever being like, oh yeah, well I'm going to go shoot a deer at a thousand yards or whatever. I mean, it is a an engineering challenge, right? Yes. Total- can, it, can it fit in the back of a Buick though? That's yeah, all that matters. For sure. No, but my point is, <laughs> is that there's nothing that is a that is something that's built to optimize for that a, game. For that game. Now we're talking about a different type of game. So I, see I don't know. I think to me what's what makes it interesting is and that's why I kind of threw out the the whole thing about the the you know wild card round or whatever is I think games are always more interesting when it's like you can plan for it only so much, and then hey, here's the surprise. No, I agree. So, I think a lot of competitive shooters will tell you that like the only the only run that counts is your cold run. Like when you guys go to the range, like a qualifiers in USPSA, the ones that like set you up for where you are, mm-hmm. they're always the same universally. Like they're always set up the same. There's a drawing. You go and there's it is a numbered qualifier, and guys are always like you know, well, you know, I'm qualified as this thing. You're like, yeah, man, because you practice that qualifier. Like, you got good at it because you knew it was something you were going to need to be good at. And, like, walking out cold without having warmed up and running at one time is the gold standard. That That is your skill level. Mm-hmm. Like, doing it 100 times and then doing it well is training. That's, that's one of the reasons I love <clears throat> sporting clays is because you get a sporting clays ranges and they're all every hole is different. Everything that's coming out is different. And if you've never seen it before, you have no idea what's coming. It's like clay pigeon could be running across the ground, bouncing off bricks. It could be coming at you. It could be coming away from you. But you have no idea if you have no information on what's coming up. It's like, and so you see dudes that are really, really great shotgunmen. Never seen it. It's like doesn't matter, man. Every single one of those pigeons is coming out of the sky. Yeah. So it's pretty rad to watch that. Those rabbits are hard to shoot, man. Yeah, they are. Um, yes, they're the they're, only ones I get. Ask ask how I was raised shooting shotguns. My friends used to be like, oh, my God, you shot that quail in the pan. Uh, fuck, yeah, I did. It was on the ground, and it was easy to hit. And the guy's like, you're not supposed to do that. I'm like, we can eat that quail the same as we can eat any other quail. Fuck you guys. Right. <laughs> anyway, 
bringing it back though. So how did you get more? Obviously at some point you went from being introduced to this organization to now you're highly involved. No, I mean, you, you kind of started. So, it, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought, yeah. So what you said, your friend, it's, so it's still a big transition, you. right? To go from being like, Hey, I'm a recreational competitive yeah, yeah, shooter yeah. shooting every weekend. And now I'm going to run my own match. Like, yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry, no, I thought you said that your friend had introduced you to the organization. It was to, to the to sport. The sport, correct. Right. Yep. And then, uh, so we worked together, and we kind of decided, hey, let's let's put on a couple matches at work to get some guys shooting and, and get them to see what what three gun shooting is like. Mm-hmm. So, and we did that, and they were it was awesome. We had a good time, good time doing it. And then we actually got linked up with our buddy Chris. Um, who runs Coast to Coast? Who started Coast to Coast, which is a charitable charitable organization, and they uh, was Coast to Coast a spinoff of the Duskin Stevens Foundation, or no. were they just kind of like friends? They seem to do a lot together. So I was yeah. So they not so, to get you to talk out of church or anything. Yeah, no, no, no worries. <laughs> so Chris, he started uh, he started Coast to Coast, um, and you can you can go look him up coasttocoast.org. But uh, he started it because one of his teammates. Um, got killed on on mission and so he started this ride where he they go they ride their motorcycles from coast to coast to go visit um from san diego to arlington and they go visit them in arlington every year and uh so i'm i believe how they got linked up with the stevens um the duskin stevens foundation is because they rode for mike duskin uh one year so right so then chris and so maggie duskin is is good friends with chris too so so that's how they they are involved, and so actually we honored uh, Mike Duskin last year at our first annual memorial competition too. So, but anyways, that's how. So we linked up with Chris, and then that be, it became so much more of hey, we're going to put on a three gun match to where now what we do is we're honoring, we're dedicating a stage to a fallen soldier. So we honor now this this next match in September, it's September twelfth through the or September twelfth through the fifteenth. How many 13th, days was your first one? It was a two-day event. It was two days? No, it was one day. I'm sorry. Was it? And yep. now you went at three days because the interest was so high, And now right? we're doing a three-day format. Yeah. I mean... It, this thing is crazy. This thing is blown up. It's crazy. The, the support we have uh, is So is I've incredible. been very careful to make sure that we did not tell Aaron what the three-gun match was about because, like, like I said, like I, I think three-gun's stupid, but then I saw this one and was like, oh, damn. So, like, last year, can you, like, give a quick breakdown, like... How many stages? What were the cooler stages? Like, what did it look like? So last year we had, we did six stages. Um, we honored, we honored eight guys. Uh, we brought the Gold Star families out. Um, we we, ded- we dedicate this whole thing to to these fallen soldiers and then their families. Um, all the money that we raised goes to their families, to the Gold Star families. Um, so the stages, some of them looked like we had. We, we do it out at Griffin Group every year, which is in Maxton, North Carolina, which is like thirty minutes outside of Fort Bragg. Um, one of the, like one of the stages, for example, we, you, we sat inside of a Jeep and you started in the passenger seat of a car and you're dry, you're sh- shooting on the move while you're driving, um, shooting targets. You go up towards the front of the range, you get out, you run through a couple things with your shotgun and then you get back in the car and it has a trail, like a trailer with a chase vehicle, like a, a trail car is, is chasing you and there's two. Um, to knock down heads, like you got to shoot the two two people in the car, and then that stopped the stage. So what, what we kind of like to do is something very unique where people don't get to do 
off very often. Um, for example, we did another stage where you started the stage rigged up in a parachute harness hanging off the ground and you're shooting targets hanging off like you're in a parachute harness, which is pretty cool. Yeah, pretty that sounds really cool, man. So, and, and we're here, I, I'll, I'll release it now, you know, one, uh, so Joey with Delphi, the owner of Delphi Tactical, he's he's coming on this year to help us and sponsor. He's bringing, we're going to bring out a little bird. So, and we're going to be raffling off um, tickets. So the stage, you're going to start 30 or 40 feet in the air in a little bird, and you're going to be dropping down, shooting targets out of this helicopter. You're going to drop down, get out of the helicopter, and you're going to run through this shoot house we're going to build and clear clear the shoot house. Wow. So something that no, not many people get to do. Yeah, we yeah. provide that opportunity. So That sounds really cool. So we that's that's what we try to do. We try to keep it unique and, and to keep the interest and make it a little bit different than a typical three-gun match. Yeah, man. No, that sounds really rad. So, I mean, part of, part of the – and even what Doug was saying before, it, you know, part of it's like – if I'm interested in this, how do I even get started? You know, kind of show up, know what equipment to buy. And did you ever dip tobacco? Huh? Did you ever dip tobacco? I did. So, like, you realize that dipping is like a community activity, right? Yeah. And like, you could quit dipping, like me, for years. And if you want one, anybody that has a can is pretty much obligated to give you a dip, right? So, like, if you want to start shooting competitively, all you really have to do is message somebody that shoots competitively and be like, Hey, can I come hang out with you? And they'll be like, "Man, I got an extra gun. I got yeah, an extra belt." I think part of that though is finding those. It's that's like hunting, right? Instagram's so, I mean, got it all covered, man. Hey, after this podcast, yeah. But how do you find the right? Message Bryce and borrow the, his gun. There you go. <laughs> that's the question: is how do you find the right people? You know, I mean, it's easy. It's easy to say, yeah, man, find someone that does it. You know, find well, it's someone. Like a, it's like a bowling league, right? Like, I mean, like whatever it is that you're into or that you want to do, like there's still the, some onus on people that want to do it to take the first step. Like I, I'm shooting professionally a lot. Sure. But what, so what is that first step if you don't know anyone? Is it showing up to the local range and being like, how do I join a three gun group? Is it, you know, looking online? So, so like Doug was saying, that's what's so cool about social media is, and, and that's what's so cool about this three gun sport in general is mm -hmm. the people, the people that are involved in three gun are a whole lot different than any other community I've been involved in. Um, for example, the first year that I shot competitively, I didn't have my own shotgun. I would borrow somebody's every single time. I tried, um, they, they tried to guilt me into shooting last weekend. <laughs> I was, I was busy with work, but I was like, they were like, uh, Chris Wiseman was yep. like, you should come shoot with me. I was like, man, I don't have a shotgun. That shit's stupid. Don't worry about it. I got an extra caddy. I got an extra shotgun. Yep. You show up and borrow mine. I'm like, God damn it. I'm taking <laughs> every excuse I have. Yeah. That, I mean, coming out to a match, um, that's, that's what I did. I, I went and watched my first one, and I kind of saw, hey, this is what I'm going to need kind of. And, and for the most part, you, you pretty much already probably have 90% of what you need. To, to shoot a pistol or carbine match. Right. Um, shoot a three-gun match where you have the shotgun. The, the shotgun adds a whole different – it's a whole different ballgame when you add the shotgun because, like mm -hmm. he was saying, you have the caddies and and then quad loading and or loading the shotgun in general. Um, it That takes you that next step, that yeah. next level. But there, there are carbine matches. There are pistol matches all over the place. Um, there's there's a range here, pretty, pretty local. It's Carolina Guns and Gear, um, and they have a match literally every single weekend. Um, and they have they have pistol matches, carbine matches, and three gun matches, um, shooting steel matches. So you can yeah get on the internet and look up any in any area, look up competition shooting. Well, and you can right. get out and go. 
So now what are you what are you doing to practice and make yourself a better shooter? Is it just going to the range more frequently? Are you sitting on the couch watching TV, practicing, um, loading so, a shotgun? So dry firing. I do yeah, a lot of dry firing. Lot, yeah, right. I have dummy rounds, and I'll dry fire um, quad loading shotguns. Um, How same often are you dry firing? Not, not as much as I should. Um, I like that. I, I like that everyone universally agrees that dry firing is what improves you, and yet but everybody like, does it. Oh, no, some people. Do. I, some people are religious yeah, about when we, it. When we go to we go to drill, there's a, one of the guys on our team is a, a GM in like four different categories for USPSA, and he is he's very good. And what do you think? He spends three hours at a time in the team room. He Easily, like, he goes out to his car, brings his rig in, and while we're like having work conversations he's literally just drawing dry firing doing engagements entering positions exiting them like for hours at a time i'm like yep. you fucking nerd this is why you're good yeah whatever <laughs> whatever time my phone chides me about the screen time at the end of the week that is the equivalent that he's like yeah. doing dry fire you know yeah i know a, a guy so i'm on a on our shooting we, we put together a shooting team for the memorial three gun the memorial three gun shooting team um, a guy on our team, Brock Tyner, he he has it all set up just like that at work. Uh, just dry fires and all, he all dry, Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the funny part is. All day long. Is it, it's, uh, isn't J.J. Ricaza the one that, like, learned, I mean, he's an internationally ranked shooter. Maybe, yeah, maybe I think it, he was dry firing in the Philippines because yeah, he, like, couldn't get ammunition. No right? ammunition. He's, he's a kid. The kid learned how to shoot with his dad's old muscle and the gaunt, yeah. like, dry firing. And I mean, I think I'm, is, I don't think it was Casey. I mean, both of those dudes started so young. It's either Casey Sabi or JJ Ricasa. But I mean, they like those guys were, you know, masters by what? The age of 10. Dude, one of the first testimonials that we got uh, for the softly shooting program was a guy who, you know, had written in and said, hey, you know, I used to like I consider myself as someone who used to be a good shooter. I'd taken some time off. I did the shooting program for six months. In that time, I went to the range twice. And at the end, I did a two-gun match and came in second place. Yep, all dry and, fire. You know, six months of six days a week dry fire, 15 minutes a day. If anyone listening to this podcast hasn't, has no, sorry, something that Bryce mentioned was quad loading. And you've also heard me, like, bad mouth the shit out of shotgun shooting and loading it sounds like it takes a lot of finger dexterity if if you don't know what quad loading looks like you owe it to yourself to google shotgun quad load on youtube and watch any video that pops up it's it falls very squarely into a category of stupid human tricks that are impressive it's like any oakley shit yeah go go follow keith garcia and <laughs> watch him quad load it's, it's ridiculous. like shunk, shunk. Yeah. No, that shit reminds me of, uh, you know, like the Stephen King gunslinger movie where the guy's like loading, loading the six shooter as like the, you know, the, I forget what it's called. Like the wheel is spinning, you know, just like dropping them in one at a time. But this, he takes his, you know, moon clip and disconnects it and all six rounds fall on the cylinder as he's like slinging the pistol. Yeah, exactly. That's so that's so, what it looks like when dudes quad load something like effectively. <laughs> But so well, here's the thing. Um, the first time I saw quad loading, I thought this can't possibly be a thing that people do. Like I thought it was like a, a trick. One guy knows how yeah, to do like it. a guy getting hung up by hooks, you know, for like a <laughs> stage performance. I was like, I mean, I see it can be done, but why? It, uh, you, but, you know, the funny thing is, is like uh, the last match that Bryce and I shot together, um, 
the guys that there were a couple dudes that were very insistent. There are stages in three gun where shotguns optional. So like you can still use your pistol to engage steel targets if you choose. And there was a stage where there were a couple dudes that got ballsy and were like, nah, man, fuck it. I'm just, I'm just using my pistol. I was able to hit everything with pistol. And I was like, Oh wow, man, cool. Like I, I'm, I'm okay with the pistol too. Like I accept that as a solution. And then I watched the three gun dudes who were like really in the hunt for the lead using shotguns. And I was like, Nope, I now understand why dudes want to use a shotgun on like a big steel stage. Dudes were wrecking like two or three targets at a time with like, if they got the right angle, I mean, choosing your shot wisely, they would take like three pieces of steel down with one shot. So a dude with a pistols out there, like bang, 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 moving, moving into por- different porthole and then bang, 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 bang. And that's like the whole array. And a dude would come duck in and take two shots with a shotgun in one hole and one in the third hole and clear all the steel. And you were like, Oh damn. Like now I know why those dudes. That's that stage we were just talking about at lunch, right? With, yeah. the, with all, yep. I, yeah. I did shotgun on that too. But you were smart. I, <laughs> I was like, I don't remember who it was, but one guy was like, nah, man, I'm gonna take my pistol. Yeah, on this. J- and I was like, JP was the only one that beat my time on that stage of the whole match. It was impressive, man. I mean, a lot of, and it's a lot of body positioning, which is one thing that I really like about competitive shooting is that like it, I think that we all go like, I don't, it's funny. I was joking with Bryce at lunch about, uh, where he worked out when he was, uh, when he was in Texas, he's like, Oh, I worked out at gold's gym. I'm like, yeah, of course you did. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, you know, training to be more athletic is important to me, but I still am like hyper-focused on like deadlifts and like the, the key big lifts and competitive shooting really highlights how mobility and athleticism play into practical strength and practical, like, like efficient movement. Cause these dudes are like, you know, I mean, the way that you have to contort your body to get into a good shooting position, uh, is it's impressive. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, what are you doing physically to prepare yourself for these matches? Say going to Gold's Gym. You, you <laughs> <laughs> um, Diet Coke, Diet right. Coke and Gold's Gym. No, st- I mean, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a heavy lifter. Um, I'm not like a traditional lifter. I just. I'm more. I do a lot more mobile mobility stuff. Um, I do I don't train like specifically for like a three gun stage really? Yeah. Um, but uh, what type of mobility work are you doing? <sighs> I, I guess you could call it CrossFit somewhat. I don't. I don't want to say I'm a CrossFitter, but then don't. Uh, Bryce's stock is dropping in my book immediately. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of us hate CrossFit. Uh, I mean, you're talking about the mobility work you're doing is is stuff that you learned from going to a CrossFit box. Functional yep. fitness. Yeah. Yeah. As yep. opposed to raw lifting. Yeah. Like softlight. Yeah. What? Yep. Good way to be on message, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they pay me the big bucks for. <laughs> uh, I know that um, I think it's funny now with the military up more more openly adopting things like like yoga. I know like when like what I mean six years ago it was this freakish thing that I would be willing to say like yeah I go to yoga it's pretty rad. Now the guys like yeah man I go to yoga all the time. I'm like. First of all, you're you're not gay, and even if you were, it would still be cool. Was yoga a gay thing? I, I feel like people really thought that was a thing for a while. Really? It was all it's certainly only for chicks, right? I'll do me some yoga. Yeah, of course you will. In in probably you're probably one of those dudes that wears ranger panties into the yoga place, <laughs> and it's like have you ever, have you ever been swimming in ranger panties? Oh yeah, nothing to the imagination. You step out of the ocean, it's just mushroom you know, stamp. You know that saying: if 
you don't know who the sucker at a poker table is, it's you. <laughs> if you don't understand that going to a room full of scantily clad hot girls isn't gay, <laughs> you're probably the gay guy. I mean, you say that, but <laughs> I feel like the guy who was a, the male cheerleader in high school or the theater dude, he was not, he, he still wasn't aware that he was gay. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> Bryce was probably a cheerleader in high school. Definitely not. Oh, good. Those guys had it made. Yeah. I wish. Is it, the sort of guy that would lament yoga as gay is also the sort of guy that would lament not being able to find any good women these days. <laughs> There's several of those around. Also, though, I mean, right. but seriously, well, if, you, if bring, you think, yeah, go. Bring mm-hmm. nothing back. I'm going to bring it back to the what the army is doing these days thing. Because that made me think about how they're starting the e-gaming, like getting really big into e-gaming. I just saw that. Well, hold on. My thought, though, here is that... We're all enamored with Twitch, though. Go where the kids are, man. Well, aside from the recruiting thing, it makes me think about, especially with shooting, you look at Nissan and the the Forza Academy or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, Nissan successfully took... Whatever you know, whatever game. I don't know if it was Forza or you know Grand, Grand Turismo. Turismo. And I mean, man, they have developed a a program. It's not just a one off thing where they're taking some of the best drivers from gaming, and those guys are reliably turning into fantastic race car drivers. So, is there a level from which at e gaming you can take people out of that environment? and reliably turn them into solid shooters. Well, so I think that there's a hand-eye coordination propensity that's probably there, a link of just that the mechanics of I can manipulate things with small muscle movements into and be accurate with that, that would translate into shooting. Like Lucas Botkin. However, with the racing thing, like there's a huge... When you're playing Gran Turismo, you're in a car that's like modeled correctly, the physics of it. You're on a track that exists. You're at Laguna Seca or Spa or something. So as you're playing the game over and over, you're learning the idiosyncrasies of the game that you would be playing in real life. Whereas with... Yeah, but you still don't have the feedback. I mean, there's a lot of things that I think you could theoretically argue would still be difficult to translate into being in a real real race car. I bring Lucas Spotkin up. He is an outstanding competitive shooter who pulls the trigger very fast and hits the target accurately, but can't do a single pull up. He's an Instagram coach. Dudes are like, "Man, that guy can shoot," and I'm like, "Yeah, but like, he can't do a pull up." Well, I don't even he care about. I don't even care about physical fitness. I'm can't just do saying, the job. That, like, there's a, ca- a huge chasm. And if you're talking about military tactics and shooting procedures, like the stuff that works really well in Call of Duty is absolutely dismal in real yeah, life. Dismal you're, failure. You're, well, you're dead immediately. And same thing with the stuff that works really well in real life would get you nowhere on Call of Duty because it's slow, it's methodical. Sure. It's Well, but can <laughs> Call of Duty lead to like a really strong three-gun shooter? Nope. No. I don't think there's a correlation Fault. there. I think Uh-oh. what I think is interesting. So, opinion. <laughs> so I, I didn't, I'm not Who's a video bag from <laughs> no, I'm <not laughs> the bleaches. I'm not a video gamer. I, I'm the worst person to talk to about that. But what I like, I think, the most um, about Three Gun is the mental aspect of where you got like five minutes before a stage to memorize so many different things. And you have to know like where it comes, where it literally comes down to your foot placement of how many steps am I going to take to get to this shooting position? Once I'm at this shooting position, I got to remember how many targets I'm shooting and where. And so when you have a, a stage that you're shooting 30 plus targets, 
on you know three or four different shooting positions. That's a lot to remember, and and you're going against time. So that. So what are you doing to prepare in that in those five minutes? I mean, is there like a system that you have? So you're you're going through a run through basically. You ha- you have the range that's open um, for everybody, uh, for your whole squad that you're going th- shooting with. You, you should see. Do you draw it out on paper? Or is it just visualizing it? In you're your mind? you're walking through it in your mind. Everyone's got their fake guns holding <laughs> up like they're shooting. Literally, there's targets. a line of shooters. Yeah. All of whom have holstered weapons or something, and they're all following each other, nut to butt, going through their like motions. So it's. I would love to just go and videotape those thing? things. <laughs> I would I would love to videotape this the like the stage prep. We're like, man, we look like idiots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, it's Hand, a ca- it's a caterpillar of retards. Your fake handguns. Everybody everybody's got a gun up, like 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 okay. And then like fake trigger pulling to memorize how many trigger pulls they're like, okay, two yep. here, two here, two here. Yeah. Good. And then when you when are you gonna do a mag change between which mo- which movements and and then efficiency because you wanna be as fast as you can possible. So it, it's a lot. It's a, a lot that goes into it in a short amount of time. Um, and that's, I think, my favorite part about it is because each stage is different. You're never going to shoot the same stage twice. Whereas in, like, I think USP, I'm not a USPSA or IDPA shooter at all, um, even though I should be because I'm not very good with a pistol. But <laughs> some of those classifiers, it's like you, you could shoot the same stages over and over and over again. It's the exact same thing. And you can dry practice them at, at your house and set them up the exact same in the same distance. And it's like, that's kind of not fun for me. Whereas in three gun, it's different every single time. Um, so then you have that, that a small amount of time to remember it and to try to get a game plan. Hey, if I go shoot this position first or, or go whatever the case, right. To try to get that edge on, on the, your fastest time. Um, that's the fun part for me. Yeah. And so what are the equipment rules and three guns as far as, you know, pistols and carbines? Is it, so there's different divisions you can shoot in, um, the most popular, it's called like TAC Ops. Um, and, and dude, I am no pro at, at any of this. I'm kind of new to this whole this whole competition world. Um, so there are a lot smarter dudes out there than me that know mo- a lot of this stuff. But you've got, you're basically you've got like your open division, which is unlimited. You could do whatever you want. Um, you could have a bunch, like as many optics on your guns as you want. You could have red dot on your pistol, ported barrels, compensators, crazy extended mags. You, you guys show it. up with all that kind of stuff? Yep. Oh, yeah. And shoot open you you can um and yes guys do it um, open's definitely not like a like if you if you're a starter no amount of gear makes you a good shooter right like no, you can't come I, with I the would, fast gun i would assume that you're not starting in the got, open class. Uh, some dudes do some dudes start and open um dissonant arms yeah. like 35 rounds in a shotgun box fed magazine so you're not ever reloading a shotgun which is i mean just right there is your <laughs> It looks crazy. It's insane. <laughs> so, and, and it's cool. You know, it, it's very cool, very very fast. But, uh, but the most common one is like your tac ops um, or practical division, where you can have nine rounds in your shotgun starting out, um, iron sights on your pistol, and you can have one optic, like a scope, um, on your on your gun, your AR. So very, very simple, I guess. Yeah. No, it sounds like a pretty standard setup. So, yeah, very, exactly. Standard is a, good, is a good word for it. Then you got heavy division, which is like a 308, 45, and like a pump shotgun, um, which is pretty cool to see some guys running it. Um, Doug conceals carries a, way, a race gun, so that's what he trains with always. I, I think that a 2011 is the bare minimum that anyone should bring to any party. If you, if the gun that you're going to smoke somebody in the street with doesn't cost at least $5,000, you're, you're not... 
even on the right page. We don't want, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doug wasn't. Doug doesn't want an inexpensive gun to frame above his mantle for his conus kill, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's why you keep a high point in your back pocket, and you keep a race twenty eleven in your uh, in your appendix carry. Use one, dump the other. <laughs> Never go to jail. And with that, <laughs> lessons from Doug. <laughs> Yeah. Officer, I swear that that statement was not is not going to be used in court against me at some point later. Yeah. So. Please don't use my words against me. <laughs> <laughs> Super weird when uh, yeah I was I was defending myself. I was afraid for my life. Also, we found a dollar print high point on the victim. Nope, that was his gun, hundred percent. Do you? Does anyone think that a college professor is carrying a dollar print high point? I don't know. The dude looked at me weird, so uh, when he went for his gun, I took him down. I feel like the dollar print high point is maybe one of the best high points out there. What uh, is a dollar print high point? It high point is literally the cheapest semi-automatic nine millimeter pistol that one could buy. They made one that's covered in dollar bills. Oh, that hundred dollar. I bills. know exactly yeah. what you're talking about now. Yes. Hydra dipped. Not, not a good coating. <laughs> anyway, we're getting really off track here. Are we? How Are many we on track? <laughs> how many matches do you guys run a year? For Memorial 3 Gun? Yeah. We do one a year. All right. And one that's in year. September? Correct. This year is going to be September 13th through the 15th. When can people start signing up? Uh, registration open January 1st. So it's open already. We have probably 30, 40 slots left. So when, out of 250 slots. Where do people go to sign up? Practice score. You can go to practice score. Com. Look for the second annual Memorial Three Gun competition. All right. And you guys have a website? We do. We do. www.memorial 3 gun. You can follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Same Memorial Three Gun. All right. You might be you might be uh, out of luck this year. I think you guys are already almost full, right? We are. We we uh, so Grey Ghost Precision uh, came on board. They came on as our title sponsor this year, and they they agreed to pay for the first 100 uh, active duty military. Uh, registrations so and that filled up I think in like 18 hours wow. so how many which, I mean how many slots do you have thank for me the for event? my service <laughs> there's uh, we opened it up to 250 and right. so we are yeah like I said about 30 away about awesome from man. being full so it's incredible so 100 active duty military so that there's a scrubs right so there's the other uh, guys yeah. that are coming in <laughs> Okay. So, ironically, <laughs> I want to see how the active duty military guys that, that registered stack up. You know I'm who like, doesn't want to see that? <laughs> the, the active duty military guys? <laughs> You'd be getting 100 messages from guys wanting to borrow your shotgun. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's cool, man. Hey, let me get that shotgun. Yeah, Tradoc does not want to see those numbers. That yeah. being said, we are definitely going to get some pictures of um, the Memorial 3 gun this year. We'll like we'll try to help promote it Like as far as like you know letting people see what's going on that you guys are doing. But uh, I, I definitely think that people should get excited about next year when the opportunity to enroll Dude, is actually there again. You know what we should do? I what? I don't know. Tell me, Aaron. I'm, I'm having an <laughs> that idea. That was a pregnant pause. Right? <laughs> no, the, the wheels are turning in my head. So remember the turtle program? Yeah. This is... We should we should take somebody who's never shot before... This is what we need to do. ...and prep them to go to the Memorial this, 3 So, game. all right. A little bit of backstory. In our old office, which was in downtown Durham in... Uh, this Google tech hub for entrepreneurs building uh, was basically a co-working space. We were having a discussion about like the softly shooting program, which is mostly dry fire that could we take and replicate kind of this, exp this experiment from the eighties or nineties where these hedge fund guys, one of them went to, to, I think it was in Singapore 
And he saw where they were growing for turtle soup, just like vat of turtles, like, you know. And he came back and he had, had an argument trading places style with one of his partners. Like, could we manufacture basically hedge fund traders? Or is there this kind of like je ne sais quoi that you have to have that, uh, you know, if you don't have it, you it can't be taught, et cetera. You just have to be born with it. So they placed a bet of whether they could do it. They put an ad out in the paper. They got all these people with like no experience in the financial industry from totally random backgrounds. They trained these people. They seeded them money. And I think there were 20 people that went through the class. And the top eight ended up making something like, uh, I don't know, like $10.5 billion over the next like decade or something. Um, you know, there were a few that like totally washed out, but like the successful ones were really successful. Um, and they became known as like the turtle traders. And so when we were in the office, what we were talking about was what if we could take someone who has never shot before or had, you know, super limited experience, you know, like my uncle took me to the range to shoot, you know, his pistol when I was a kid type of thing. And put them through basically a dry fire program for three months and then take them and run, basically run a stage, right? So what I think we should do is reinvigorate that program. The turtle program? The turtle program and have like three or four people that we run th from now through September through the shooting program. Do you think we get two slots for oh. the Memorial 3-Gun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, we'll, listen to like, that. Like, we'll, yeah, I knew a guy. Maybe no, we'll like, make a couple <laughs> slots. <laughs> I mean, we'll buy the slots, but no, like, no, no, for sure. But I mean, like, if it's sold out, like, we still need to know a guy, Aaron. Well, it's like getting a table. Wait, I at, thought it's not sold out yet, is it? Not yet. Not right. yet. Tell Doug put it's us, sold out. Put us down <laughs> food for food tastes sweeter when it's <laughs> yeah, right. a it's treat like, from the chef. I'm yeah. trying to get a table at Dorcia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Cerulean bone. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see. I bet. Count, count us in for at least a couple for that. Okay. And we will, if anyone's listening to this and is interested in participating and is willing to come to North Carolina and has limited or no shooting experience, this shoot us. About, this shit's about to get weird. Shoot us a message at help at softly.com. Hopefully it's going. That's help at softly.com. That's Def right. Definitely not. <laughs> Slide into Doug's DMs. Help, yeah. yeah. Preferably Mia Khalifa help, for this spot. Help with an H. <laughs> Um, if you're a young, impressionable Muslim girl who wants to learn how to shoot, contact me via DM. <laughs> no, I'm, re I'm really curious about this. I'm really curious about it, too. So. Mostly if there's a young, impressionable girl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, Kim. It's work, and it's totally fine. Aaron told me I need to spend 40 hours a week after 5 p.m. with this <laughs> with this young lady and get her skills on if point. If not, I'll be fired. <laughs> blame it on me. Yeah. Just like I blame it on everyone else. No. Like, you, we definitely did not go to Mothers and Sons for dinner tonight. Right? <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Zen burger was delicious. Oh, it's like a joke with Brent. You know, the day that I get hit by a bus, he's going to be showing up at my house. Hey, Lisa, I'm here to pick up all the guns that I have uh, <laughs> stored. Yeah, it's great that Brent lives in Arizona because I will be doing that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah um, I just came by. Got to drive the truck somewhere. So, <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Truck's not going anywhere right now. 
but bum, bum, bum. let's not talk about it. No, let's thing. talk about it. No, we're not going to talk. I got to go because I, I got I got a meeting. I got to go to. But uh, you got to take back some videotapes. Yeah, I got some videotapes <laughs> have to return. Um, All right, but, man. Well, we know where we can sign up for this thing. Yep. We know where we can follow you on social media. I think. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 get back on this 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 turtle experiment but i'm excited to definitely to put that definitely. together thanks for coming to join us today appreciate it yeah and, thanks for uh, having me it's been, yeah we it's will, been a good time when september rolls around we will be there awesome so thanks again we'll talk to you next week thanks for joining us